My safe word will be whiskey. Sorry, Rod, what was that? Whiskey. How's it going? This is Steve from the Lost in Translation podcast, Park Whiskey Society. I'm here with the boys, Travis, Sean, and Sean. How's it going, guys? Hola. Very good. Hello. You guys uh, recorded with with uh, with Jared from Bushmills. How did that go? Real good. I think it went real good. Yeah? Yeah. yeah it was a really good conversation. Yeah. I can just feel the electricity in both your voices. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it sounds like it went really well. <laughs> Travis, how you doing? Good. Same as you. We uh, had to miss the recording due to parenting duties, which uh, happens in this world. But uh, happy to be on for this one, which uh, obviously is exciting for us. Yeah, every morning is like a, it's like pulling the lever on a slot machine to see what sort of adventure you got going on with like day, well, day homes and preschools and schools and COVID. And it's, it's a, yeah, it's a gong show. That's a good way to put it. You just spin the reel in the morning and yeah. you get what you get. And then you yeah, got to be like, oh, okay, I don't have preschool today. All right. Well, I guess I better uh, stay home from work and try and figure this shit out. But <laughs> yeah, I spun um, the reel this morning and got uh, kids with runny noses and coughs. And that was that was my reel for the day. So here we are. So the Spanish flu, right? This is their yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, it's uh, while we're talking, we're talking Irish whiskey because it's it's uh, March is just around the corner and there's it's st patty's day obviously is next so we're we're doing nothing but talking irish whiskey all month sean Kincaid is happy about that the, the irish warrior himself um so we we were trying to obviously think of some pretty interesting guests and when i say guests i mean plural because we got we got a few of them on on the podcast today so it might get a little crowded in here but the intelligence in this Zoom chat right now is is setting off Richter scales right now. So try and try and pay attention. Try to try to you know stay stay with us. But um, these three gentlemen are they're honestly they're they're making waves in the whiskey scene as I see it. They're picking up a ton of a a ton of pace worldwide, and they're they're a trio to me that are really pushing innovation and creativity. So it's. I personally, I love to see, I'm not a traditionalist. I love to see creativity in whiskey and as the, as the Irish whiskey market and industry just is literally bursting from the seams right now. These, these are the kind of guys that I, that I'm supporting and, and, uh, and just love drinking all their whiskey. So, uh, Liam, Donald and Shane from two stacks. How's it going boys? Good Steve, man. Thanks very much for the intro there. Yeah, pretty good. We're uh, at 9 p.m. in Ireland, uh, early February, but we're definitely getting geared up for March, the busy season, for St. Patrick's Day. Um, we've probably a good, pretty exciting time at the moment because we're opening um, a new facility, a new bonded warehouse uh, to expand our packaging and our maturation sort of storage facilities and whatnot. So working on a few projects, bringing some casts together at the warehouse. Um, yeah, laying down ideas and um, pretty excited about some releases we've got coming up. So it's a good time. 
Yeah, it it's exciting for you guys for sure, right? The world is going to know two sacks and a lot of the world already does. And it's it's even funny like when we first kind of connected with you guys we we didn't really know, obviously know much about you. Sean Kincaid was like check out these guys. You, like you got to connect with them. And so Travis and I immediately we did our research and we looked into it and we're like these these are like the perfect people to partner with from our point of view. So and as soon as we mentioned the the name Two Stacks, it actually amazed me how many people and how many enthusiasts actually already they they knew who Two Stacks was. So you guys had already kind of imprinted on the industry without even being worldwide distributed kind of thing. So that that's cool to see because you're it's just word of mouth at that point, especially in a country that you you haven't been in yet. So you, you kind of need a you kind of need a name that's people are going to be able to remember and pronounce. If you go into an Irish name, they'll be like, what, how the fuck do you say that? And so we just explain how you say that. Like hey, clone, a, name clone a name. kilty? Clone a kilty? How do you explain the name and explain the story? So like, well, let's just make it, you know, two syllables. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So we yeah. usually start off these, these podcasts by forcing our guests to kind of talk about themselves a little bit. Um, just basically let i'm really interested what your guys is kind of your individual whiskey journeys are like where how, how i guess how did how did whiskey become such a passion for you and then i'd also i'd also like to hear the story about how the three of you came together i know you've been friends for a long time but um i don't know who wants to start anybody i can jump on that one only because i've been telling this story the last two weeks to a couple of new partners, uh, as you say, uh, we've we've kind of it's been a bit of a, a trail blazing year. We officially launched last March, and you guys were probably the second or third guys to reach out. So, kudos to Sean there for uh, seeing uh, what was happening back here in Ireland. But um, yeah, it, it kind of stems back to about eight years ago. Um, we set up Ireland Craft Beverages, myself, Donal, and Liam. So me and Liam grew up together here in the north of Ireland, around the Moore Mountain area. Um, and Donald and I uh, spent time together in New York. He was working the cocktail scene. Um, he was probably a lot more knowledgeable in, in more spirits end than I was. Um, myself and Liam uh, and Donald initially went down the craft beer route about eight or nine years ago. There was a big movement happening in Ireland and uh, we all were working, you know, full-time jobs. We were... Um, myself and Liam went to college together and uh, we came back home over Christmas periods I was traveling quite a bit I was I, think I was in New York at that stage and I was due to go to London um, and you know he kind of had this yearning to uh, show a, a little bit more to the world you know you guys are probably the perfect example where you wanted to build an export platform for all these new breweries and distilleries and for us you know our kind of mantra was a true taste of ireland this new generation coming through of ireland that wasn't so much traditional so we grew up with you know the guys such as dingle ecklenville and we actually export a lot of these guys and we still have an export company that we consolidate the best of ireland and and we offer that service and we you know through that I think our awareness grew, our understanding, our knowledge, and we just became super geeky about everything, you know, and, and we got really into the beer space, you know, as I said, maybe um, as the Irish distilling space grew, we grew with it. Um, and it was a real natural that kind of evolution for us 
I suppose three years ago, the idea stemmed between Don and Liam and I, and there was a lot of clients reaching out to us going, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? And we're like, yeah, we can and we want to, but we can't do it with someone else's brand. And independent bottling wasn't really big over here. You know, there was, because there was only the three or four big whiskey names, as you guys know, there wasn't really that array of choice to get super experimental with. Um, and now, you know, we've, I think we come out with over 14 releases in one year and we brought together the breweries as well. And, and uh, yeah, really pushed the boundaries there in, in you know, that journey of, of coming about two stacks. And yeah, that's a little bit of, well, I suppose, how we came about as friends. And, and you know, we're still, we've been working together for eight years. Donan's based in London. Uh, I moved back from London last year um, with my wife and, um, I suppose Liam went between Badfast and home. Um, so we're kind of remotely work a bit, but the big phase for us is this new warehouse. It's it's probably one of the biggest new bonded facilities in the north of Ireland. Um, and it's merely down to the demand, you know, in, in such a short short space of time. Everything from drum and a can to the, the bottles have, have just exploded. Um, so it's been fairly exciting. But yeah, that's that's kind of my two cents on it. I probably missed a few bits there. Don't wants to jump in early in with uh, with other stories or or misdemeanors that we've been up to over the years. Shane's got a track record of his uh, misdemeanors. And <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, yeah, we've kind of. We've got a good synergy between all three of us. I mean, we all bring our own strong points to the team. Um, I think Liam, obviously, having a financial background in regards to accountancy, he's a good man with the numbers. And then Shane, Shane, Shane is obviously the visionary for like a lot of the stuff we've we've done, and um, even even Ireland Craft Beverages was was kind of his brainchild. So along with Liam, and then I kind of was fortunate enough to kind of get involved as well. So. I can't really take any plaudits in regards to that. Um, but yeah, it's it's great kind of working with such a small team. Um, you know, we we'll throw out ideas like, you know, for drama in the can, for instance, it was it was a completely another kind of a, a thought, a, a, a bubble that was just given to the, the guys in the US and um they they had the confidence in us to to pull it off and and roll with it and you know we kind of just went with a, a, a kind of daft idea really um to put it in a 100 mil can and, and uh yeah we you know we didn't really know ex- what to expect in regards to its success and and how it's gotten to this point now but um yeah it, it's great that if you like if you're say jemison or any of the big companies and they were like you know they're hiring a whole team of guys going oh, i'm going to try and do something new and innovative and they're like well we'll put whiskey in a can and probably take five years for them because you know the ship is the ship is so big that it's going to take so long to turn whereas us you know we can kind of think of an idea and like you know we, we, we will roll with it we get a design team in and then we will we love it and we've got the idea it's just a matter of implementing it within a few weeks or whatever so that's kind of the beauty of having just the three of us because we kind of outsource a lot of the stuff too like the design team and you know we work with one company in particular in, the, in Belfast but um yeah it's a yeah, I think if we were to start this company this now, like if we were to try and come up with two stacks now, I don't think we 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 would. I mean, just access to liquid alone has become well. Like yeah. Liam, will touch, Liam will touch touch on base with that, but like it's just near impossible now to get your hands on any sort of liquid. So we're very fortunate. It was like we we hit. It was like fate, really. I don't know, you know, if you believe in fate or whatever, but it just kind of happened when it did during COVID as well, where. No brands really were going to release 
product in a, in a market, you know, that economic downturn and everything. But um, that was, you know, that, that didn't make sense at all to do that. Like launch two stacks in the middle of pandemic. But um, yeah, look, we're, we're here now. We've, we've really, like you said, we've, we're exporting to a number of countries and you know, likes you guys picked us up. So uh, long may it last. Yeah, it's always Absolutely. the bolder. The bolder always more successful, though, right? Period. Yeah, so, yeah. I think I so. It, it's funny that you say that, like with with a company like Bushmills or something, it would take five years to kind of to turn that ship around. When you guys can basically just pivot on a dime whenever you want. Like I remember Travis and and I having conversations with you guys about cask opportunities for the market, and then the next thing we knew, it you guys had liquid in like. 20 different new casks right you don't you don't get that you don't get that with big brands period right because there's yeah there's, right. there's a lot of lot more of that corporate and bureaucratic red tape they got to cut through before they can actually yeah. act act on those mm. those new yeah. decisions right i think uh definitely is been able to make quick decisions and kind of just go you know we'll we like the sound of it, so hopefully other people do. So you kind of <laughs> try and go for whiskey styles or blends and finishing that might sound a bit wacky, but you just kind of an inkling that all oh, that might work. So like one of the first uh, <clears throat> cast brokers we worked with um, is a guy called Alex Sarkon, ASC Barrels. Um, he's in Bordeaux. So um, it was one of, our, one of our first sort of trips together, actually, um, Myself, Shane, and Donald went uh, to, this is before COVID, um, went down to Bordeaux for um, like a weekend to meet up with Alex. And the guys from Clannacilty were there as well. They were kind of the only other Irish company, but there was like UK breweries and breweries from Europe and stuff there and a few other distilleries. So this this sort of cool weekend, but um, we kind of were like saying to Alex, like, just tell us the the weirdest and wonderfulest casts that you can get sort of thing, you know, and we'll probably be interested. And, and so but the, like apricot brandy was one we picked uh, that first time, which is like, Oh, I've never seen um, an Irish whiskey in of it or many other whiskeys that are finished in an apricot brandy cask. And um, it was good the level of detail you can go down to. So you don't find out it's like an Arme- Armenian <clears throat> apricot brandy and, the apricots are fermented and blended with a three-year-old cognac and then further age for another six years and virgin French oak casts and, you know, all the detail you get down to and we're like, <clears throat> that sounds amazing. So it was a really, really nice, cool finish, but um, it's similar where you just kind of go, I think the reason why the apricot brownie stood out is because you're like, we you like the apricot notes and instead like a Bushmill 16 or something like that. And, uh, yeah, that would that would put a nice spin on the blenders cut that we do. So it's uh, kind of just been able to do that. And I guess with smoke and mirrors as well, our um, peated single malt that has, well, 60% of the malt is imperial start finished. It's just been able to use our contacts from Iron Craft Beverages to get three or four different breweries together, give them fresh barrels that are just emptied of whiskey and get them to finish some nice imperial stouts of it and that's grown into like a you know uh some real interesting series that well i suppose we're only really getting to that now we did the the imperial coffee and the the px finish but we've got some really more cool casts coming with that as well so yeah definitely like just innovation is kind of just 
let's do it and nobody's nobody's stopping you and there's and within Irish whiskey you do have certain flexibility on casts and whatnot and we're kind of hoping to that that will continue you know that it doesn't become too restrictive in terms of uh, rules and regulations kind of similar to what the scotch whiskey guys have you know we, we want that innovation and flexibility and i think that's what's going to make irish whiskey to continue to be interesting to new consumers yeah that was that was going to be my my next question was just speaking to innovation and, and transparency because those two words get used they get thrown around a lot in the industry nowadays even from honestly from brands that aren't actually that innovative or transparent right but they're like buzzwords they, everybody wants to sell with those words but you guys yeah. there's actual like proof in the pudding when it comes to you guys so I've, I've always been curious like what what does that actually mean to you guys to remain innovative and transparent and creative to like keep that separation that's it's going to take it's going to take a ton of commitment and and hard work to keep generating these new ideas so i'm curious just like where, like, how important is that to you guys at Two Stacks? Yeah, I, I'd say incredibly important, Steve. Like, uh, one thing to touch on is a couple of other projects that we've done and, and also co-founded, myself and Liam co-founded Cologne with Brendan. Um, that was a, a massive project in itself. You know, even though we are bonders and bottlers, we have built and we do partner in a distillery you know, probably some would argue the most authentic distillery in Ireland. And you guys are obviously going to be meeting with Brendan and Finon. They're always good fun. Finon's always good fun when, when he comes up to the distillery. And um, I actually, you know, when I moved back, I made a purpose to live close by. And the transparency aspect is, you know, Brendan uh, pushes a lot with myself and Liam and the integrity. And, and really, as you said, it's a buzzword, but that's along with what we were doing at Ireland Craft Beverages. When you work in craft beer, as you guys would know in North America, there's a lot of kind of pseudo craft beer and there's so much consolidation and mergers. Um, about five years ago, we actually brought our own brand out to show all the other brands that you can use software, you know, to actually empower the consumer. A lot of it is, you know, how do you, um, a, a good example is probably a, a Delphi or Arctic American distillery in Scotland. We're doing it. Um, where you put like QR codes on and, and you do the transparency of the waters and the provenance of everything. So we were actually the first to ever do it in the world in beer, um, where we partnered with a local blockchain company. And this was long before the buzz of blockchain now or the QR elements. And, you know, that whole, you might ask, you know, where does that come from? But I spent many years working in a fintech firm and very knowledgeable along with Liam and the guys. We kind of came together in the project and, and uh, you know, that, that helped not just kind of garner what transparency really means for a small business, but most of the time not really having to say that word transparency, but just doing. And for us, that innovation almost comes naturally when we're, you grow up with these guys that most of these businesses are family owned, husband and wife. And, you know, you become part of that passion and we're such a small knit team that even to take the risk in, in the can, as, as Don was saying, you know, when we brought the liquid to market, yes, it was it was a complex blend. Yes, when we brought it, it was one of the few Irish whiskies at the time to have peated malt in it, to have double distilled malt. It wasn't this smooth, triple distilled Irish whiskey. And then we we put a cast strength out that was the highest on the market at the time. I think it might even still be. And it just you know raised the highbrows everywhere. But then it, the whole idea of yeah, the can element, it came back to how do you make premium Irish whiskey? Because 
you know, we're working together. It's kind of rising tides with 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 the category and on world whiskey. But you realize there is a lot more um, brands coming to the space. Uh, you know, you, you just have to look at your back shelves there, Steve, and, and see what what's out there. And, and um, for us, it was about how do you make premium Irish whiskey accessible? Um, you know, how do you get liquid on lips? And I think the proofs in the pot in there were the the our first cut core product that won the World Whiskey Award. You know, that sits in the shelf for a fraction of the the price of what committing to a full bottle of premium whiskey would. And that was something that pushed, I think, not just ourselves, but the US guys, you know, go out and source these cans and source it. And we were able to turn it down around in very quick time. And, you know, and we basically took our premium Irish whiskey and we canned it. But we didn't can it in 150 mils, which is, I suppose, that four ounces is the standard in, in North America, or maybe that's five ounces. But you know, we brought it down to what would equate to two miniatures on an airplane. You know, if you ever fly, you get two miniatures in front of you or two samples. And that was a big part of that innovation side. How do you get people to try your liquid? Because you'll notice so much Irish whiskey will sit in the shelf. There's a new brand every month. And it'll, you know, yes, it's being drank, but in the volumes that people want, probably not. You know, you're not going to, for us, I think well over 200,000 cans have been cracked open in, in less than a year, which is, you were never going to get as a new brand that kind of numbers. You know, that's that's incredible. Everyone talks about 100,000 bottles is when you're a serious spirits brand. But you've got, you know, well over, unless someone's hoarding a ton of them, which wouldn't surprise me with some of the American. MP more. Guys. But uh, I think that's a, you know, that's a big win for us. Uh, you know, <laughs> being able to tell that story of, of um, accessibility and, and driving innovation and we'll talk about it a bit more but some of the projects we have ongoing now i hope that you guys will find pretty innovative and we're not even striving to do things just for the sake of being the first but a lot of the time because so much hasn't been done you end up being the first so mm. you know that for us is it leaves it wide open to continue being pretty innovative in, in the irish whiskey industry but again even in the world whiskey industry because we're not really constrained so that that leaves it pretty exciting Oh, for so sure. You know, with um, with the cans itself, where did that idea originate? Like, obviously, there had to been, you know, three guys sitting around. What can we do differently? And then, like, to me, as a Irish whiskey lover, I would expect to see like a bottom shelf entry level whiskey put in there. But like you said, it's a premium whiskey, a complex blend. Um, you, you spoke to that part about it. But where did the original idea come and how has the reaction been in the countries that have it available? Yeah, I guess um, it's some, sometimes the, we'll probably give you three different versions of that story if you ask us all separately. For me, it was kind of a happy accident as such. Um, came out of just like branding exercises. So as Donald mentioned, we work with a, a cool studio in, in Belfast, Studio Stereo. <clears throat> it's just two two person team, Johnny and Connie. And um, you know, we were doing bottle renders and, you know, label designs on some of our initial products and we just said to the guys, you know, we're really interested in potentially going into the canned uh kind of whiskey market. Um really because we came from craft beer and whatever like eight years ago when we were starting out a lot of Irish craft beer was in like 500 ml bottles weren't really great for exporting but 
once cans became more available in Ireland, probably just through um, more supply and then like mobile canning companies starting and things they got there, a lot more breweries would get into cans and we were pushing to go like the cans are better than bottles, you know, from an export perspective, but also, you know, for craft beer, it protects the beer better. Like there's no UV light penetration. There's less space for, you know, air that contains oxygen that's going to affect the liquid and um, just things like that. So we always were a fan of the, the can as a, as a package or a product, uh, a way of doing it and recyclability and, you know, being able to put more product on one pallet and ship it around the world. And um, so similar thoughts process probably came in with whiskey, but originally it was, you know, more like, RTD style, we were thinking, you know, Irish whiskey, ginger lime, or something like that. And um, we just were asking Johnny and Connie, could you do us up a few renders of like what two stacks branding looks like on a can? And um, <clears throat> so it was basically just transposed, you know, two stacks Irish whiskey literally on a can. It didn't say size or anything, but we were just kind of looking at it in a presentation or, you know, chatting about it and going, Fuck, that just looks as if you know you're putting straight whiskey in a can. Um, that'd, be, that'd be crazy, you know. <laughs> so yeah, um, we're all just uh, kind of looking at each other to go. I think it was just sort of a fuck. That would be cool. Uh, I'd be class to do that someday. But sure, it's a bit crazy. We'll, we'll not think about it too much. Or moved on from it. But then it kept cropping up over the next couple of weeks or months. Going. Fuck it, is a good idea putting straight whiskey in a can. Like, you know, that'd be pretty cool. Like, why would you need to make a, you know, a ginger and lime mix for it? You know, just uh, so like, you know, as as that idea developed, we were like, ah, be too much to put it in. Like, obviously, three thirty mil or even two fifty mil slimline can, or even those those like one fifty mil like baby tonic water size cans. That even that would be too much for straight whiskey, but. We thought that there's bound to be a smaller can, you know, like 50 or 100 mil. Um, so that led us on a kind of a research uh, mission to find, does this exist? And um, we kind of said... We found Heinz beans. No, no. That's a small <laughs> <scan>. <laughs> that we could find in that. Yeah, that's perfect. In a yeah, I suppose it. It proves you can't, yeah. You, there are small cans, like small cans of food. Um, yeah. no, baby, baby food, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. 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 First babies were turning up, so we're like, looking at baby food. Baby. <laughs> you, couldn't find, yeah, you couldn't find those cocktails in the UK or Ireland or elsewhere in New York. Those little kind yeah. of ones. We, just didn't, we actually didn't know they existed at all. until. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, they've been all over here for a little while. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's it. Yeah, we kind of spotted um, like Stolen X and... Dashfire and Dashfire, um, yeah. a few other ones. So, um, like after these guys here have got cocktails, like better style cocktails or small, strong old fashions and whatnot in a can. So these cans exist. You know, this is crazy. So through that research, then we you know somehow found our way to a Chinese can supplier, and um, yeah, basically like okay, this exists, so we could technically pull this off and then um, when you look into it you know going to get manufacturing of printed cans and whatnot done overseas it, it only really makes sense if you can do it in uh 20 foot or 40 foot container volumes which is like 120 to 280,000 cans at a time which was a big massive jump at the start you know so you're kind of off put by it but 
we just happened to be in conversation with uh, our US importer and they came over to Dublin on a wee trip to meet us and stuff and we kind of let let the idea of this out and um, yeah we're taking a can of straight whiskey and they thought it was interesting so we kind of then actually made the branding and, and renders you know fit onto the 100 mil can and design it in a certain way and Donald kind of said just said it one day it's like it's the perfect drama in a can <laughs> that's a great name we should we should use that so that might have been Shane I don't know if it was me most of the credit so far has gone to Shane, Shane and, and Liam anyway so Donald yeah, might just take that it, one just was take Donald. it yeah. nah, between the three of us we, you know you can easily come up with ideas and, and then it takes someone to go stop you wouldn't believe them well you guys would the amount of emails and messages on a daily basis and like the amount of ideas but it is like you know the likes of one of us going hold on that's that's really fucking good Right, we're gonna we're gonna take that. <laughs> we're gonna I, remember go with that. Last, I remember last year when Sean and I we we hadn't been podcasting for very long and we decided we're like, yeah, we're gonna do this like whiskey news segment or whatever. And and we it's right near St. Patty's Day and we pull up whiskey news on Google and right at the top was dram in a can. And I'm pretty sure both of us looked at each other like, what the fuck is this? This is the <laughs> weirdest thing ever, honestly. And even as we launched it here, the I've had like the same conversation with so many people. It's usually, what is this? Is this some sort of like Irish cocktail? Uh, no, it's, it's Irish whiskey. And they're like, oh, so it's just whatever Irish whiskey. And then they try it and they're like, this is actually really good Irish whiskey. It's like, right. I told you so. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, not lying yeah. to you, right? Yeah. yeah we w- I don't think we would have gotten too far if we, we, if we put a, you know, proper 12 in a can. Without the face of a, of a douchebag on, on, on you, would, you would have one guys in muscle shirts crashing cans off their heads. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Yeah, you'd have yeah. drama in cans uh, littering the beaches across the world. Just, just, just people crushing yeah. them, throwing them down. Yeah, you, yeah. You three, you three come across as like, you know, when we talk about how you're doing stuff and it's innovative and all that, but you come across as three guys who are doing this a lot of it because you're having fun doing it and because you, it's something you want to do. And I, I kind of, Steve and I, when we talk about brands that we, we work with and a lot of the brands that we've associated ourselves with are brands that are kind of in the same process and that we are, and that's building something from some, something small and just kind of seeing where it goes, but behind it is a passion. Um, and we, I definitely feel that with, with you guys. I mean, it's just, it's work, it's a job, but you guys are having some fun doing this. I know I write a, an article i always try and do a little bit of research for these things it may not come across but um there was a, a website article that called you a new voice in irish whiskey and oh, i kind of wanted to see what you guys thought of that what that means to you and obviously a bit of that is that transparency and that innovation but what exactly does that mean a new voice did, it, did irish whiskey need a new voice is it kind of changing yeah. the you know a, what, what, what does that mean i think that was the moody david report that one i remember that headline as uh, and it, yeah, the, it's um, you know, for us, it's it's a, a take of the new chapter of Irish whiskey, absolutely. You know, we're putting a modern take in something that has so much history and heritage, and there's a lot of brands being revived and being done very well. You know, you have your Dunvilles and you have a lot of brands being brought back to life, but for us, that doesn't really suit for where we want to bring it and what we kind of want to put into this space in terms of 
you know, yes, you pay kudos to the past and even the name two stacks, it's, you know, it's abstract. It, it's, it's synergetic to the old and dock distillery that had the two largest chimney stacks in Ireland. You know, they allowed both seafarers to navigate their way into Ireland. And for us, this is, you know, quite synergetic in the navigation of people's journey and in the new chapter of Irish whiskey, because you're never going to replicate Irish whiskey how it was in the 1800s, as much as Brenton is trying to do and is doing up at Cologne. Um, you know, there's so much more technology and, you know, even heritage grains have changed and just so much has moved on. Attitudes have changed, profiles, tastes have changed. So you can definitely take that and pay homage. But for us, the new voice is definitely... And, you know, that article that you mentioned, it actually is in um, the duty-free space, which is one of the most frustrating retail spaces anytime i travel around the world it's like why is there only one little tiny section of marsh whiskey or very very little and then you have this huge you know people say oh because jameson's the only main brand and this was very key players moody david would be the one of the main public uh, publicists in the space and you know for us it was this is the new voice of Irish whiskey people need to listen up you know Japanese whiskey is able to get all this, you know, you have the American bourbon and scotch and, and you have these two brands that are, you know, there's so much more to Ireland than this. And yes, we are a new voice, but not just us. There's 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 a lot of other people coming behind us, you know, and, and we just happen to be part of that. So we're, we're, we're definitely not trying to take the mantra away from anyone, but we're definitely, you know, coming out saying that we are something different than what people are used to in Irish whiskey. And I think if you can't make that noise or you can't tell that story, then why would people listen? You know, why why would they? Because you just become another another brand to them that they're not willing to listen to. And, and with that, you know, again, the drama in the can has probably raised eyebrows just to start the conversation. Because we did do it before other whiskies in the world we were the first and you know would you believe Irish whiskey invented the miniature bottle so baby powers was invented in Dublin so that was, it's quite nice to say that the first can actually came out of Ireland as well so in 1889 whenever the first manager came in for luxury cruise liners it's quite a nice story to say you know over 100 years later the guys were still innovating in Ireland and they were pushing the boundaries and that was actually during a generation of the next chapter of you know probably over 100 years since yeah i think too like one thing is doesn't we don't touch on a lot is that you know before like we obviously we didn't start the whole transparency thing but a lot of brands if you look at say you know walsh or maybe tealing or these guys kind of came before us and they were obviously getting liquid from a different source and they never really shouted they never talked maybe contractually they couldn't talk about the liquid or whatever i don't know i'm not going to speculate but they never got gave kudos to where the liquid is distilled whereas us you know we you know, we don't. We've no qualms with saying it's from G and D, or if, if it's it's coming from elsewhere. You know, in a few years' time, when we can make these amazing blends from different distilleries, we'll love to shout about the distillery that's made it. And so, so we kind of pay homage. And so, you know, there's there's loads of brands now, bottling brands have come out of Ireland, but they don't. You know, you ask them on a stand at a whiskey festival, and you kind of like, well, is this G and D, or is it is it Cooley, or is it is it maybe Bushmills that's bought from third party in the Azure way back? And they'd be very sheepish about the answer. And it's like, well, like why why? I mean, what do you you know? We all know it's from either of these. You don't have to try and hide it. Yeah. So you know, like we, we might as well just make it known. And that's why we try and come in and say, look, this is how the market should be, or maybe we should be way more transparent and it gives it does give a bit more of a clarity i suppose in the space yeah it pushes other people to do it as well like that not just us you know there's other once you see the consumer really respects that um then other brands tend to follow suit and you know by putting 
where the distillery is. And I think that's a big part. People kind of shied away from being an independent bottler. You know, there were brands that were there not really knowing what that meant. Um, and, and, you know, the bonding and bottling is almost becoming its own space now in, in, in the new chapter where you have J.D. Corey and W.D. O'Connell ourselves. So there's there's lots of really exciting, you know, voices coming to the forte. Well, it's it's interesting because when I um, when I put together my spec sheet for the Dramanican for customers, I actually have a little thing underneath and it says proudly sourced Irish whiskey because and I put proud I specifically put proudly because I'm like when they're not shying away from this. This is what Irish whiskey has been for a while and they they are they are perfecting it. Um, I, I think it's hilarious how not hilarious. I think it's just a sign that there's still a ways to go and you talk about a new voice. But when I talk to people about Irish whiskey, they say the same old, Oh yeah. Irish whiskey, super smooth, triple distilled. And I keep, I, I just, I have to say like Sean's done a really good job of trying to change the narrative as much yeah. as he can. And now we want to be a part of that, but it's, it's just hilarious. It's like, I think people just think every Irish whiskey is a standard Jameson's where it's just going to be this thing you could pour on ice and crush on St. Patty's day. And yeah. obviously, you know, we kind all have to be part of like that. Yeah, it's kind of with the scotch. I guess a lot of people pick up the scotch and think it's peated, where yeah. like 90, yeah. 90% of the scotch out there isn't peated, but that's what people's <laughs> perception is. And so maybe, yeah, yeah it, it would be unfortunate if we're going to go down that road where it's like everything you pick up on Irish whiskey is going to be quote unquote smooth, you know, yeah. which is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that was it. The cans definitely, you know, got people, as as you said, they're all, you, all you kind of have to do is, crack open a can and said, you know, this isn't triple distilled, this is peated malt and this has double distilled malt in it. And, you know, there that kind of starts the, the, the not so much debate, but also kind of the education of these new brands that are coming through. Leave it to the Irish to teach us how to drink efficiently, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it comes to the ground, yeah. We've been pretty made it easier anyway. <laughs> yeah. When we're saying about innovation, um, you know, how do we keep it going as such? There's, there's actually just t- timing's been really good for us for like entering the market and doing what we're doing because, you know, to date our blends have mostly been from Great Northern Distillery and it's, you know, they've got a good range of. Uh, Obviously, the grains top notch, but you know we, we've used uh, virgin oak and bourbon. Uh, the malt's pretty good. We do use the triple and the double, and obviously the peated, which there's not a whole lot of producers doing peated malt. That's at scale, I suppose. Um, but yeah, like we've got so much um, to get into in terms of uh, the, what the future's going to hold, and we've been able to start some of those pro- projects, although. Um, the availability of basically mature whiskey from new distilleries is going to become more exciting and more variety. Um, I guess as time goes on, like the, some of the distilleries probably are holding on to all their liquids, thinking that you know we're, this is going into our bottle, a bottle that has our name on it. But in reality, probably at a certain point they might um, be willing to sell it, you know, to a, a bottler or a bonder like ourselves. Um, but also, I guess, because now we have the bonding facility, we're um, getting into the space of basically going to the distillery and, and 
designing the mash bill and and you know going down when the distillation's being done and basically we fill the casks uh, at the distillery with with them. You know, we source the casks and then the next day it comes up to our warehouse. So we're mature and you make whiskey from day one and that's kind of um I guess takes us the step from being independent bottlers to uh, sort of bonders, you know, that's um under our control from stages after distillation. So uh, uh, probably already has been made public, I suppose, but um, like a good project to get us going in January there. We were down at Boan Distillery in Drogheda and um, went along with Fanon O'Connor, who came along for the day. We we asked the guys at Boan to make us 100% rye Irish whiskey. And um, oh, got some shots. Drunken kids, maybe got a wee sneaky sample of it. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right finish. I'm here fucking scraping, scraping scraps for trying to get some. Oh, that's, the, that's the right finish. Uh, <laughs> this, oh, that's the right the... Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, no, yeah, a really cool project that, um, you know, we we're able to do the first, I guess, uh, mightn't be the first, but first we know of, of uh, 100% rye whiskey. Um, and that's a uh, 50% unmalted. Um, no, sorry, sixty percent malted to forty percent unmalted um, rye, and then we're you know filled that into rye casks. Probably inspired by that two thousand and nine grain we did the rye finish on for time well spent. Um, but then we also you know kind of done it in the uh, a fifty fifty mash as well, where it's fifty uh, percent barley to fifty percent rye. Um, so doing that over four mashes uh, gives us 18 casks and then we're, we're able to blend those casks at the other end um, to do like a high rye style and um, to 100% rye style, a kind of a, a high rye style, we would call it where it's going to be like 75%. And then the uh, the other one is 50, it's 51% rye to 49% barley. So there's something cool that we've been able to get this liquid made. Nobody else, no other distillery has this mash bill because it was a one-off. And not many distilleries would be able to do 100% rye um, whiskey just because their equipment would probably break. But uh, Boan, we almost broke their uh, distillery, but managed, they managed to get it done. It took their... It, the mash took twice as long as you know uh, an ordinary mash for them, but uh, kudos to them. Like they've worked with it on on the vintage mash bill series. We we are like, I think we were customer number two. We bought five out of the ten uh, styles, so we've got five casts of those vintage pot stills as well. And um, yeah, so it's forming those partnerships with new distilleries like Go On um, that we can, you know basically do new fill projects and uh, then there's well I guess we can talk about some other projects but that's really one that's that's quite exciting for us um, it's kicking off as bonders to be able to come out with a, a, a 100% rye Irish whiskey yeah not so, too much away with Travis and Steve asking for their own mash bill next for, for Canada <laughs> can you guys well, I was, uh, <laughs> I was gonna ask uh, you've been teasing about this Polaris lately and uh, I have to ask what is Polaris it looks cool I like stars I like nighttime looking up at the stars here and I know in Ireland you can see just as much as we can out here 
Um, can you go into that or give us a little teaser? Yeah, yeah, no, Donald can jump in on that. He's been doing uh, a lot of work on that. Yeah, so it was kind of um, an idea. With, we we wanted to to do a, a certain releases uh, exclusively, kind of under just our own guidance and um, our own website and stuff. So we're just available through um, our own website. And so it's only we wanted to kind of make like an exclusive kind of bottling. Well, not exclusive in the sense that nobody can get it, but anybody can get it uh, because we will be able to ship um, worldwide, hopefully, with, 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 with the release. But uh, I can't really reveal what the release will be. But the idea of Polaris is the um, if you look at our kind of logo, we have like the two two stripes and then we've got that dash in the, the top right corner. So that's the North Star. And that's something we never really kind of explain too much when we talk about two stacks and uh, North Star has kind of got a lot of cultural significance you know with a lot of particularly in the northern hemisphere and, and where it's kind of like the, the anchor in the sky that you find for guidance and adventure and all that so it's a good kind of um theme and something to run with for what we are about as a company you know we we're we're, we're going to be we're reliable in regards to our products and who we are as, as as a as a brand and it just kind of played off in that idea of you know polaris is going to be some of our best liquid that we want to can try and release in small batch and um it'll be maybe once maybe max twice a year um and it's going to be kind of a continuing thing for the next few years we don't know how for how long but uh that's a, like we wanted to do something kind of cool and catchy and a bit kind of bit um also mysterious and uh yeah it's a working it's a working project but we're hoping to release the first one this month and honestly it only came to fruition this idea again it only came like maybe the end of january beginning of this february <laughs> so we I think so yeah we were it was in in you could talk about the release because yeah i suppose the time uh, yeah, the, guy, yeah, the, guy, so. the guys on the phone list of the cast actually. I think I just oh, yeah, Travis. Yeah. So uh, I think they know which one's coming, and it's coming out in March. This podcast, so yeah, we yeah. could probably delve into what we're doing in our first little war chest. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're obviously it's going to it's going to be a nine year old single malt, um, that's been finished in Cabernet Franc ice wine cask. Um, so we've got uh, some nice G and D liquid single malts that's been finished. Well, it was Asian ex bourbon, and then I think it's it's, been... it's Cooley. Oh, no, not... Sorry, sorry, not Cooley. Uh, or sorry, not G and D Cooley. My my. Uh, no, uh... drinking, eh? <laughs> oh, there you go. Is that the red? That's the red ice wine. Yeah, on, that's on that's the, the red ice wine. Oh, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. broke it to us, and we didn't even know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of the red Polaris. Uh, you know, is synergetic to. Um, yeah, it's from Canada, obviously. Um, so yeah, that's it's going to be the first um, first kind of uh, release under that series. But you know what? Because of the rarity of Irish whiskey, and, and you're you're investing a lot now, and you're sitting on these rare casks, um, and we've trickled one or two out to clubs. You know, for us, we we want to make sure that that we give our customers and especially our Irish customers because they feel a little bit hard done by that they still haven't got drama in a can so we want to make sure but as Dylan says it does have access to you know post a couple of countries in, in Europe I 
and it might be very difficult to get it in Canada. I know that you guys are um, notorious for sometimes being hard to get bottles through, but hopefully Alberta, uh, you know, one single bottle might might make its way there. But yeah, that that's going to be the first um, uh, first release to the market, which will be the end of February. Tra- Travis, how about four bottles? <laughs> Two Alberta. Exactly. We're already we're already um, trying to figure out how to buy our own ship so that we can just go get, <laughs> go get the bottles ourselves because clearly supply, the global supply chain is not reliable for us. So. Are you saying that I need to get go get a ship pilot's license? Is that what they call it? I think it? it's a ship captain, it not ship a pilot. Captain, captain, captain. <laughs> Either that. As long as I get a hat, I'll go. I'll, I'll do it. I don't care. <laughs> speaking of well, speaking of those ships, um, it, we could probably just quickly talk and just uh, give people a little hint of what's coming from Two Stacks on this first order, and maybe just a quick synopsis of uh, of what these whiskeys are. Um, yeah, you don't have to go into too much detail, but because we'll do that as it gets closer. But what do we have coming from you? And uh, just a quick idea of of what to get excited about. Yeah, absolutely. And I know it's a consolidated order, so you guys have uh, have some um, cologne coming over as well, which Brenton is going to be talking to you guys about with Finn on hopefully on another podcast. But you guys mainly have the core releases. So you, what we talked about earlier, you have the blenders cut which is our core blend um it's a five-part blend four different distillates three different casks and uh, then you have the dialed down version of that which is the first cut drama in a can drama in a can's already in the market for you guys a lot of people have been able to to kind of get a, a bit of a taste of two stacks um i suppose what i would say is drama in a can surprisingly is one of our only non-cast strength releases so you guys you know are pretty used to get used to trying you know high abv and you know for us we would prefer people to cut their own whiskey give the whiskey to them cut it to whatever abv you want to have it at we're not going to do that for you um so the first cut is coming in bottle form for those that maybe aren't quite sold in the can or people will become a bit more aware of two stacks range they will see the bottle. They will also see the can and realize that it's all about the Irish whiskey. And then you guys have the smoke and mirrors. You guys have uh, the PX um, PX stout finish, um, and that's the core one. So that's the one that's that we brought it down to forty eight percent. And that really was, I suppose, we went through the different ABVs and we wanted to make an ABV that we thought was a bit more accessible. It wasn't just going to punch people. There were so many cast strengths coming to the market um, that we thought, you know, anything that we bring a cast strength, we're going to put a nice finish onto it. Um, so the PX um, Sherry finish, um, I'll let Donald jump in on that. That's another collaboration that he worked on with a local dot brewery in, in, in Dublin. Um, so you probably have a bit more detail on that one, Donald. Oh, there it is. Can I just jump in on this one too? And this... Yeah. This has like uh, we poured this at the Sean and Sean's Irish Invasion tasting. Mm. This has this has gin qualities to it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of. A, it's got like a weird a botanical purple. kind of nature. It's yeah. kind of like a rose, like a rose petal kind of esque. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Um. It's it's yeah. It's one that's kind of it's taken me a bit of time to kind of uh, really enjoy because I find it very complex. Um, and again, it was it, it was one of those ideas that uh, we we were thinking. Well, how do we make smoke a bit more 
exciting as well. So uh, we work with Dot Brew, who like these, they're like barrel aged beer. They age a lot of their beers in barrels, like, you know, every from, from fortified wine to ex, from bourbons to you're talking the craziest kind of concepts. Like they'll blend like a rum aged IPA in with like a Sauternes aged pale ale and they'll just put in a can. And so we're like, oh, these guys, you know, we worked with them for a while. And um, so we gave them, they, we gave them a cask that Smoke and Murs had been in and uh, they put their Imperial Stout in. Oh, no, was it? No, so they had a PX cask, sorry. They had a PX cask that was X Bushmills. And uh, which Bush, Bushmills is very rare. They do PX casks, but this is what uh, they told me. They put in their Imperial Milk Stout into it. And so we're like, oh, sure, we'll take we'll take that cask off you and then we'll put Smoke and Mirrors in it and see what happens. So um, we did that. We did that with a coffee-infused Imperial Milk Stout as well. So they took like... Uh, I think it was like a two or three kilos of raw of fresh coffee beans, put it into the cask and they took it out again with the milk stout. And then we, so we did two kind of concepts, one without and one with, and um, yeah, it, it came out. There was some, I was like eager to like leave them in longer, but I think they pulled them out at just the right time. It's kind of this, one of these kind of tricky things, how long you want to leave it in and what kind of flavors you want in, in part. Um, but yeah, two very different kind of expressions. Um, PX, I find, yeah, they, they, the whole herbally gin note is kind of unique. Um, it kind of, it, again, I find it very complex, but it's enjoyable. I, I need a drops of water with mine, obviously. You know, I think I find it opens up a bit more. But um, yeah, it's, <laughs> I just, uh, it's one of I my just see the three actually. of you. I see the three of you like grinding your teeth while you're pouring whiskey in these weird barrels being like, please, please be good. Please be good. Please be good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like, all right, there's a couple of grand down the drain. Now we, yeah. we, do, we do have a, a, usually a good idea and, and even working again with the, you know, Brendan and a lot of the cast management and what's happening and up in the morns there. There's a there's a nice bit of knowledge being shared all, all the time. Um, but yeah, the, the PX is actually one of my favorite. I, I think I was going through some pots still and back to two weeks ago, but I do, I enjoy the, the peated elements. I'm always pushing to get a nice peat hit in the, in the two stacks and then you get a bit of push back from the guys. And I, I just find that the, the PX sherry is one of my favorite that we've done so far. And the coffee one, the coffee one's pretty interesting. You know, it gives that real uh, nice coffee hit with, with your whiskey. But uh, yeah, so you guys have, have that range. It's a nice range of four expressions, you know, with, with a special in there. But I think the cast strengths are, are really going to tell the consumers what we're about. And you know, a lot of that is, is what we've been working on, you know, since inception. So. What other be. Irish brands are releasing peated, peated whiskeys though? Uh, there's a couple that's pushing. Uh, obviously, Teelan come out with Black Pits, um, which was their uh, peated expression. Oh, that's out. right. That's dark, right. dark, yeah. silky. Yeah, and dark silky. They're doing, um, and yeah, up around the Donegal area, they're doing a little, a little bit of peat. Um, more and more starting to definitely push into it. Um, not not heavily, I would say, but it's opening up the space a bit. Um, I suppose that. Leads us a little bit into the the other, hopefully, innovation that we're going to be doing in a can next. Um, that I know you guys are aware of that, so we're not, we're definitely not going to be trying to dial back that premium whiskey in a can. We're going to be pushing the boundaries in in that space as well. So, you know, early this year you're going to be getting a bigger range in a can, may even include a nice touch of. That's awesome. I'm excited to see nice all kinds of liquid in cans. It's been cool because usually at the, at the front of these liquor stores, you see, I know that we already talked about Dram in a can lots, but you all, you always see the, the latest bourbon release or the latest 
Glenfiddich Scotch release or something like that. And since Dramatic a Can got here, it's Dramatic a Can is what's up at the front by the tills or, or they're, they're putting, cause they're buying enough volume to put them on displays. And like you go to wine and beyond, which is the biggest chain here. And it's just that, yeah, the tills are covered in cans, which is just <laughs> phenomenal, right? It's, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's cool to see Irish whiskey kind of get that. Yeah. It's given, it's given the whole genre a little boost having, even even if people think it's it's gimmicky, whatever, right? Like it's right. You, we, you can stand up and say it's good whiskey, and it's sitting right in front of your face. So buy it and drink it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Some, kudos to you guys. There. You know, it, I think that's probably going to be the next the next piece of getting over there. Uh, you always get your product into these great places and the great work being put in on the ground from guys like yourself. So. You know, we really want to come over and, and actually visit the market. Now the things have opened up a little bit more. Um, that's definitely one of the places that we, we've got our eye on to, to come over and, and, and do something down the line. Do you guys want to do an exchange program? You guys can come here and then I'll come there. Like, <laughs> I'll volunteer for that. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys... I'm, this, we can this get might rid of Sean Cage for, <laughs> for a bit. Um, this might be a question to ask Brendan more, but have you guys heard of any um, using actual Irish turf to smoke grain? Have you heard of that? Yeah, we, we do it at Cologne. Uh, well, Liam, you can Liam actually you can <laughs> jump in here and he he actually brings turf up from his family farm for. Uh, or not, yeah, it? I suppose it's Donegal turf. Um, Brennan's uh, family's from Donegal, and so is mine. Uh, on my dad's side, so uh, yeah, we have a, a bog that um, cut turf out of uh, every couple of years. <clears throat> I haven't done it about three years, but. Um, got some seasoned stuff there so the distillery gets bags of it from me and then Brendan gets some from I think Donegal as well and then some more local stuff so the more mountain turf is like got more heather in it and stuff so it's a bit more floral um, but when you're getting down to the, the level of uh, floralness of your peat or uh, your turf it's uh, it's getting really geeky like, but yeah Brent, Brendan's basically uh, <clears throat> smoking grains on site so it, it's Part of the malting process, you know, basically he's got a shed that um, the turf facts, it obviously beats the, uh, or turf smokes the grain, but it's um, it stops the the malting process or the germination going too far. Um, you know, after he soaks it in hot water and stuff, we got to open up the, or germinate the seed inside and get the sugars ready for um, extraction. But uh, I guess in terms of any other dis- we talked about the Silky there, which is a brand um, from uh, Ardara Distillery, which is newly opened. Their, the Silky is sourced from GND, so they're using GND peated and the dark Silky, but they're going to be coming out with uh, sort of peat smoked uh, whiskies themselves, single malt and probably pot still. But yeah, it's kind of at the stage where there's there's not a lot of it. Um, there's no like commercial... Um, Malsters in Ireland doing peated grain, so it's only like small batch guys. So another one would be Baylock Distillery, which is more of a harder ash uh, sounding name. But Baylock Distillery, they're tiny; they're they're even smaller than Cologne, and um, <clears throat> he's doing a similar concept where he's turf smoking uh, grains on site, and it's pretty cool because it's not just 
barley, you know, there's it's oats and uh, wheat and rye as well, and those mixed uh, pasta and mash bills. So, you know, turf smoked oats are unreal. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that they add real creaminess, and it's almost yeah, you're getting into like different carrying different flavors over from the the turf and whatnot. So um, it is small scale, so it's quite niche, but I think it will grow. Um, I mean, I think Ackermill Distillery are looking into it. You know, they're looking to set up their own malting and smoking on site and whatnot. Uh, like there is the majority of it probably will end up just being imported Scottish peated malt. But really, yeah, we, you want to see more Irish um, turf smoke stuff. Yeah, I actually have a case of Irish turf briquettes that I ordered through Amazon of all places and I've oh, given yeah. it out I've given out briquettes to a few only people Sean. throwing their fires. Yeah. <laughs> only me. You just sit around and like I throw it on I thought you got a noise. Yeah, oh, yeah. I burned I it in my puts it I've on the burned it in table. my house before. Yeah. yeah. I've made like reels on Instagram burning Irish peat briquettes and i throw up my fire pit in the backyard and my neighbors are like what what is that guy burning but yeah uh, i just wanted to ask that i do have a case of it in my garage yeah <laughs> liam when you say turf when you say turf can you just explain that a little bit more like is it the surface of the bog or what like what exactly is that yeah just turf. For people that don't know yeah i mean it's it's the same same thing as peat but uh turf turf is busy like yeah it, you can cut it from a bog it's uh compressed like uh i guess it's you know grass dead matter dead matter yeah it's, it's you know it's, it's kind of it's not it's not as like you know compact and as compressed as coal but it's like almost like halfway to coal but it okay. still has you know it still has it's kind of soft but it you know it burns um because it's kind of i mean you do dry it out but there's more like a moisture content to it compared to coal so like the 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 smoke you get off it is a probably i don't know if it burns at a lower temperature or what it is but you get a lot more sort of flavor it wouldn't be as sulfurous as coal you can actually get night sort of tolerable nice smell it won't be as, yeah, be as dirty would it yeah, so no, less like less enough. like fuel, less yeah. fuel like smoke, yeah. more like organic, yeah, more the organic, organic kind of biomass yeah. that is sitting within the yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, like, it's, yeah, like, it's, it's like a Scotland, you know, and and stuff like that. Yeah, each region, like you were saying in, in Donegal, but it's it's got more of a heather note, like so that's kind of that's kind of geographically, yeah, more there. Yes, so it, like, yeah, like in Scotland. Um, I don't even know if I'm mixing this up now, but you know, turf that comes from an island um, would be different from the mainland turf and terroir of turf. We could get into there. That. You go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And we just <laughs> lost all uh, the uh, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The sea would potentially have more saltiness compared to you know high up in the mountains that type of thing but uh, yeah there's some nice turf in ireland uh, it's all over Ireland's like an island itself and most of it would be have bog areas yeah donegal and connemara and galway would be well known for turf and that's traditionally where the potching regions were uh, because they had a relatively available source of fuel you know so they, they burnt the turf to fire the pot still as well as to malt the grain so 
you know, Potsdale, authentic Potsdale back in the day from Inishowen Peninsula, which is Donegal, and then Connemara and Galway. Um, goes hand in hand with Pachi making, which is the precursor to whiskey. So, so it's kind of connected and tied, and it'd be great to see more uh, Irish turf used in Irish whiskey, and um, let's, ho- let's hopefully see more of it, you know? I think, yeah, I, I think I it's hilarious. See it. When we yeah. when we go over there, Travis, people can be like, "Hey, did you did you see Ireland? What are, what are the cool places in Ireland?" We're like, "We saw all the greatest turf locations." In <laughs> and what would you bring back for souvenirs for your family? Um, we Air brought bricks. John back some more turf. Yeah, yeah. we um, filled a suitcase. suitcase with whiskey. <laughs> I think it's hilarious though. How you you talk about you're like you know it's all done pretty small scale. And when I think of when I think of Killowin, I think small scale and you're talking about like, oh, I brought him over a bag of turf. Like when people think like, oh, he's malting his own grains, like his, his malting setup there, which is basically a tiny, tiny shed. Like my shed in my yard is bigger and he's malting. Like, I don't know what's he malting there. Like a few pounds at a time. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. He did upgrade his shed. He, at the end of last year, he, he's got twice as big a shed now. But um, yeah, it's like it's done in kind of a shelving system so that you're getting more surface area. But yeah, essentially, you're turf smoking a one bag of grain at a time. And you know, one bag of turf would do you maybe 10, 10 or 12 uh, smoking sessions. But it's kind of just like an old barbecue, put the turf in it and let it on fire. And, you know, keep it low and slow and burning all day, and uh, you're just turning the turning the the grains with the shovel. You now every so so to get the moisture out of it and stuff like that, and putting it on the wire mesh rack and shelving, and very rudimentary, but it's it's awesome the flavors that it puts into it. You know, and every single match that you do is it's going to be different because the level of peating is no way of controlling it. There's no consistency there. It's, yeah. you know, it's like, God, oh, did you pick that for four hours or six hours? I don't know. I can't even remember. Just whatever. And That's the fun so, part. Yeah. 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 What are we right down in the logbook that day? You know, it's, it's kind of what you're yeah. There's probably a scrap of paper with some sort of notes about it, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I think yeah. I think you're know, like smoke smoking like malted oats, especially like the local oats and stuff like that. It's just super authentic, so it'd be hard to beat. Um, but uh, it is supplemented a little bit by bought in malted barley, uh, just because if you if you need a if you need a significant quantity of malted or of peated, uh, yeah, it's basically you have to buy in a little bit of stuff too, but. Um, the smoked oats are, are the best. Yeah. Then even uh, the guys are probably touching this with Brendan and Finnon, but, you know, pottering is definitely getting more recognized over here, premium pottering. Um, and Glowen's leading the way, I think. And that, like, the bulk is something big that's going to be coming out this year. And it's all about these, uh, you know, the, the mash bills, the turf to oats, the blame saying. It's just showing people how premium this category can be. And it's it's not the kind of white dog or the moonshine that people um, maybe think that it, it relates to or is the liquids, you know, if you, a parching can be aged up to 10 weeks and, and really it can taste better than a 10-year-old whiskey in comparison. So I think we, when you guys do come over or if you get your hands on some, it's going to change that perception along with the Irish whiskey space. Pretty, pretty exciting, but it's, it's just these these marshmallows in, in themselves, you know, as well. 
there's really change in the pottering category as well. I think we we reached out to Brendan and said that we're interested, but I I do think you're pronouncing it wrong. It's it's Poitin. It's Poitin. Okay, it's how we say it here. Grammar so just, lessons with Travis. If you could uh, if you could fix that, Shane. Um, but I think there's maybe a match of of uh, that with poutine here. Yeah, and maybe we could, yeah, we could make some kind of a marketing campaign. I love, I love that. <laughs> yeah. At I all think, the, the K-Days festivals. Poutine and poutine. A poutine shack, a poutine. Side by side. And people will be falling over themselves left and right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Poutine. Some of the stuff from anti-cologne looks like cheese curds. I'm excited to see what it's comes. Like, hangover, at some point. It's the best hangover food ever. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah, incredible. Right. So well, I've got point, a question completely oh, off in left field. But um, <laughs> obviously, like with Irish whiskey, um, brands like Bushmills and Irish Distillers, they're owned by huge international drinks conglomerates. Um, do you think with the renaissance in Irish whiskey that there'll be more of the big, big brands trying to scoop up uh, more established or as they become more established, the little guys or the newer ones, do you think that'll be have an effect on the Irish industry? Um, I'd imagine, yeah, it probably will happen. Um, you know, in the next um, coming years you know the next five to ten years or so that um some brands will probably push through and uh, become attractive to the bigger players um you know there's it's, it's hard to know exactly what they'd be looking for i guess you know it's probably all the sales numbers and whatnot or that type of thing uh large scale but you know, there's there is the big guys, and then there's the small, innovative guys. The kind of that space that we're in, and there are distilleries in the mid tier that are, you know, they're big enough, but they're not as big as the biggest guys, and they're probably going to need a bigger player to come in and get acquire them. Um, mm. And that's kind of a it's a dangerous enough space to play in too, where you know you could struggle not hitting your numbers of sales and fall by the wayside, or maybe a couple couple of brands would break through, but it's sort of something we don't really think about too much or it's not really um I think it's a natural progression name, right? And then I, we see you see seen it hugely in the beer side of things. There was huge consolidation. Um I think even if you kind of take a crystal ball and look at other areas of the world, is such as even Australia, uh Tasmania had a big whiskey boom and you know there's natural consolidations happen there to get to that next stage or you know you have distilled ventures comes in and the perfect example is probably Bacardi come in and, and swooped up dealing you know and, and took a large chunk of that business you know so and then Riders Tears recently were bought by Amber Bush or uh, these these kind of partnerships or strategic partnerships can work definitely to rejuvenate or you know the new Irishman looks great and, and where the guys want to want to go um, so there is the different elements but it is it's definitely can be it can be a dangerous space in, in how you because you got to realize the largest guys um <laughs> 10 times the size of the portfolio that you're probably working in especially in, in any of the regions that we are anyway you know you're you're doing much lower volumes and it kind of any, anytime we've looked at it in beer or, or industry it's like 
we always, well, I would personally see that kind of monopolization always kills innovation. And for us, it's always being in the innovative side of things and not trying to monopolize that industry because it's been done before in Irish whiskey and it's completely destroyed us. So it's got to look at, you know, they say that history never repeats itself, but it often does rhyme. And I think we have to learn from the lessons of our past. Yeah, we have. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say, we see it. If you look over in Scotland, yeah, yeah, exactly. How, how many distilleries? How many of By Perno, Diageo, you know, William Grant and Sons, or they're, you oh, know, yeah. they're, but I mean, a lot of the independent bonders, bonders, they're still, you know, buying casks from you know the big, the big players, um, and there's a huge independent kind of bonders and bottler kind of industry over there. But uh, like Liam said, I think the ones that struggle here, they can't kind of, um, you know, put a flag in the ground and kind of build a fan base and a grassroots following in their brand they will I suppose they will struggle but the rise in Irish whiskey and the popularity you know it's growing massively in America and it's expanding into India and Asia and everywhere else so um, you know if the brands can keep keep the the wolf the wolf from the, at the door you know as in the big companies acquiring them then uh, yeah hopefully the industry can kind of stay more, as independent as it is now but you know I don't see it happening I think there's always going to be the, the big players are always going to want to find the new kid in the block and you know because that's a, another market share that they've t- t- can gobble up you're going to have to buy Kilo in a few more sheds I think for Diageo they want, you know? <laughs> they're already taking a few more farm sheds to yeah. podcasts <laughs> and so uh, we've expanded the pathway but uh, yeah I'm not even sure I, I could be wrong in saying this but I do think that uh, there is competition laws so the likes of idl are not allowed to come in and acquire you know because obviously that would be the easiest thing for them to do to buy out the competition and control the market but um yeah the there more and more that market share may pull away and, and uh you know there's there's plenty of other guys in this in the sidelines there you've got brian foreman there with with slain you've got uh jose Guevara there with their long game of bushmills so them guys can certainly play the long chess game there i think for us we have as you guys said at the very start, we've we're able to pivot and be as innovative as possible and hopefully bring that real super premium kind of products to market and, and uh, yeah, keep pushing the innovation. But yeah, I think it's time to pull the bunk at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the first time a guest has introduced the pulling the bung round? It, it might be, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Hey, he's paying attention. He's paying Pull the bung. <laughs> All right, that's perfect. Pull it, it, Sean. All right, so pulling the bung round is a lightning round of questions. So normally there's 10 questions, but apparently today I think there's 12. So (laughs) that's okay. And and, um, I want want all of you guys to answer. So we'll do Shane, Donald, Liam in that order after Mm -hmm. every question. Does that work? Okay. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Are you threatening me, Dick? That's not a threat. What? That's a fact. I'll fucking kill you. What do you want to know? What? Say what again. Say what again. I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Favorite animal? Dog. Jaguar. Cat. Mushy peas. Yes or no? Yes. No. 
Absolutely. <laughs> okay, you're stranded on an island. You can have one beer and one whiskey that's not your own. Oh, Brehan Farmhouse Brewery and uh, whiskey Dunvals. Okay. Oh, pint of Guinness and Red Rest 25. Oh, nice. I was thinking similar, pint of Guinness and uh, <laughs> Red Rest new cask. All right. Okay. Uh, favorite cask type to use? Oh, ice wine. Oh, no. Apricot um, brandy. Pint again. Red <laughs> cask. All right. What did you go for, Liam? What was yours, Liam? Right. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Single malt or single grain? Oh, just because our latest single grain is so good, single grain. All right. Single malt. Uh, Single malt. Okay. Favorite two stacks release? Uh... Uh, I suppose I'd said it earlier, but, but the 12 year old single grain is one of my favorite. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, time well spent. Yeah. Okay. I go just straight up blenders cut cast strength. Nice. Okay. Least favorite two stacks release. Uh, I hope the guys <laughs> will copy me in this. But batch one, Sauternes, but batch two is incredible. Batch one. Sauterns finish Castor. Um, I'm gonna do Smoke and Mirrors Coffee Imperial just because it, we, I, I feel we didn't leave it in long enough. That's the only <laughs> all right. I love right. more coffee. I love more coffee. Nice, <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I probably, probably don't just name been... one, don't name one coming to Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us here. I'll just say maybe the Tony Port finish. Okay. Uh, I'll do that. You actually like it. <laughs> right. hey, that's okay. That's why You're I like. Uh, wait a minute. You said you love it. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, favorite Irish cocktail? Oh, you know what? Well, you only because they make it so much of uh, uh, the Irish coffee and. Yeah, I'd say Belfast coffee. Ah, uh, yeah, the Belfast good, good choice. <laughs> How how's that different from an Irish coffee? <laughs> With poaching and it's cold. Oh, okay, cold, cool. Cold brew coffee and poaching. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I love an old fashioned, and yeah, I like using Irish whiskey to make them. Nice. All right. Do you understand the rules to cricket? Yes, because I was really had to watch it for six weeks in Australia there. So be like I know what leg before wicket is. Yes. Okay. Uh hit the ball. That's all I know. <laughs> oh, and Australia won the ashes as well. So Yeah. No, I don't I don't know the rules. Yeah, me neither. We yeah. don't know it here yeah. either. So uh, all right, no, look, we're all on the same board. <laughs> all right, here's a tough one. What do you think lives at the bottom of the ocean? Silk? <laughs> Nothing. Just silk. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, bacteria? Liam <laughs> okay. has to say, go, go. Liam's going to say turf, isn't he? 
<laughs> turf. <laughs> yeah, some good turf in the bottom of the sea. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's figure out how to harvest it. I was going to say Donald Trump's soul, but. Yeah, sure. That works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, favorite Irish folk song? Oh, there's a lot of them, but uh, do, do, do. let's see. Uh, only because I enjoyed it after a, a recent trip. Uh, this, the streets of New York, we all sang it in a taxi home in our last night. So that, that, that's one that comes to, to mind. Nice. <laughs> um, oh, Raglan Road or Parting Glass. Nice. I was trying to think of it, actually. Yeah. I was just thinking Parting Glass, but I'll, I'll go for the Rocky Road to Dublin. Okay, awesome. I should have asked you guys to sing them. That would have been better. <laughs> yeah, a better be, thing. Be waiting. You'll be waiting. All right. And, uh, oh, there's two left. This is the longest lightning round ever. Uh, five favorite Irish whiskey that's not your own? Oh, I think you previously asked me. Uh, yeah. Yes, that, yeah. Um, uh, that go with the same with the, the guys. I know the guys have chosen Red Breast, but I've, yeah, I've got a, a lot of uh, Dumbbells stuff here, so it's probably up there with what I enjoy. Enjoy is my nightcap outside of Mars. Nice. Um, I think it has to be Cologne that my the cast that I own. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> We're not there to say Cologne, so... <laughs> I go for old, old Cumber Potstill. That's a nice. Oh, oh nice. The guys in Eckenville revived it. So I do have a lot of dumbbells uh, over here, but uh, the old Cumber's very tasty Potstill. So hopefully some more like that to come. Cool. Awesome. And finally, what's your favorite place to drink a dram in a can? Oh, um, favorite place to drink. At home, out of the fridge, actually. Okay, out of the fridge, nice. Yeah. Uh, favorite place, I would have to say, sunset uh, on the west coast in Ireland. Nice. Oh, Donald's a romantic. Yeah. Sounds romantic. Very, very. Uh, I'm gonna go for, you know, when you're you get to the summit and you're doing a hike, you know, maybe up sleeve Donard. Newcastle County down. You just have that uh, little bit of a feeling of reaching the top and cracking a can of drama cans, the ultimate reward. Nice. That's perfect. <laughs> and then straight down to the golf course for the, the case of the cans. <laughs> oh, case. Oh, boy. Yeah. Awesome. It's all right. It's been on the golf course today, right now. Yeah. That's all I got for you guys. Thank you very much. Nice. Thank you. Uh, awesome, Sean. That was great. You guys have officially pulled the bung. And uh, did you know when you made that hockey dram in a can video, by the way, that I don't know how long ago that was made, but like months later, 200 outdoor hockey players would be drinking those things in, a, in Canada. I mean, the, oh, the fact yeah. you had a hockey video is just incredible. Yeah. <laughs> we had no idea. Honestly, we hadn't even, it was Donald that organized that. And I don't even think we'd, 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 we'd been talking to you guys, but it really fitted the bill perfectly. Yeah, yeah what was the what was the feedback? Sorry, sorry, Donald, go ahead. Yeah, no, we just wanted to do a winter video, and like we had the student in Montreal who's we just kind of found him on a website, and he's like, "I've got some ideas," and yeah, cool, man, roll it. So we had no idea what he was gonna kind of produce, but he was really talented, dude. He, um, he did a great job. 
Yeah, yeah. But um, they had the kind of we had no idea it was going to obviously sync with what you guys are doing. So, what was yeah, the feedback like, Travis? How did it go? Well, the, the so the the outdoor pond hockey tournament had they have a skate up bar right so you can come right off the rink finishing your game and skate to a bar and order a drink um but in the morning games the bar wasn't open yet because they weren't allowed to start serving till 10 a.m so every single person had a dram and a can in their welcome package and they were literally coming off their first game and drinking dram and a can at 8 30 in the morning because they had they had no <laughs> beers yet so and yeah the feedback was it was fantastic i was i went there and visited the site and there was just cans sitting on picnic tables by fires and uh yeah, it was pretty cool to see. It was a, uh, was neat. Uh, so there was no fight then at the hockey fight in a hockey match. No, actually, a crazy story. Someone had a heart attack, but not from the dramatic <laughs> <Not> from the <laughs> dramatic <laughs> and There was, there was actually yeah, get uh, down the can. You have a heart attack. Yeah, no, that's that's not tie the two. <laughs> and there was there was probably about thirty firefighters in that tournament. There was an AED on site, and they actually they shocked him back to life, and he walked to the ambulance, but he was full blown and uh Jeez. yeah and then carrying his drama cans carrying his drama cans the ambulance don't spill it don't spill it that's yeah. why they brought him back to life here just went over yeah that, that was yeah. yeah that's how they shocked him yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, a, there's another commercial in there somewhere there's yeah. you got to remember when when we when we fight on the ice it, we usually become better friends after we fight in hockey not not worse so it yeah. usually means we're going to enjoy more drinks together is that how it works <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. You fight. You have way more respect for a person that you're going to fight on the ice than you would not fight on the ice. Is that why Canadians know. are so friendly? You just all fight each other not when you play hockey. Yeah. When we when we're really happy, we just punch each other in the face and have more to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did not realize that I'm not a hockey player, and I wasn't. So. <laughs> yeah. There was. That's good yeah, to know. There. I. I will say there have there have been people that have punched me in the face that I don't like, but usually usually it's it's fairly respectful but um now that we pulled the bung i think we should uh wrap wrap this yeah. up um, i love it thanks yeah That's like great. honestly guys thanks for thanks for coming on we've been kind of talking about having you on for a while now we just we just started to get legs recording more episodes so this is perfect and and with saint patty's day i'm gonna pray every night that that those bottles of two stacks show up at least near St. Patty's Day, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd hate to miss the opportunity. If we do, uh, yeah. we will still blast the crap out of this stuff because we we believe in it. We love it. Oh, yeah. um, everyone, oh, awesome, it's it's gonna go over well. I think here in Canada. Um, I got even, like, even if it's a week late, Steve, you can just you know do a little uh, pre-seal on it, and make sure everyone gets their little bottle afterwards. You know, I think you guys would be all right. I got even a standing order from a guy in Montreal, the, one of the guys who comes to my tastings all the time. He keeps emailing me when two stacks is going to arrive. <laughs> I have, I have probably, <laughs> awesome. I probably six or seven people that ask me regularly, yeah, like just repeatedly. So. It's going to be, I think it's going to be when I say this culty kind of brand for people, which I love. Awesome. Man, yeah, that's go ahead. When I say send them to Spruce Grove to my house, when I say send them to me, it's because I've pre sold all of them. <laughs> You're just <laughs> taking people's <laughs> money, basically. Sean, <laughs> Sean's internet 
Sean's internet is so bad. It actually sounds like he's really drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like he's slurring his words. I promise he isn't. It's just lag on his, he he lives, he lives in Spruce Grove, which is way out of town. And they have, they have only have one wire that runs to the whole city with, with internet in it. Yeah. It's uh, (laughs) it's a tough place to live. Anyways. Thanks boys. Appreciate it. Can't wait till we can, honestly, I can't wait till you guys either visit here or we visit there because we're going to have some fun. Do we we have any parting words from anyone? I don't know. You, and either you three have any. Liam got a song, has he? Oh. <laughs> yeah, you want to sing the we, we usually replay yeah. right now there'll be a guitar kind of rhythm to parting glass if you want to just belt out a couple hymns for <laughs> I'll leave that to the to the lock in we'll meet up yeah. We'll, get, yeah. we'll do a live stream on the next one but uh, oh, you guys are absolute legends can't wait to get the bottles over there and come over and have a drama you guys get you guys over to Ireland absolutely cheers warehouse all the best, guys. See you, boys. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers, gents. Nice work, everybody.